This is the House Call. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the House Call podcast. My name is Matt. I'm here with Joe. I'm here with Nick. I'm here with Ryan. And we're going to be talking about all things Brick House today, all things NBA. We got some teams on win streaks, crazy win streaks, all the best teams in the NBA. We're going to be talking some MVP as well. But first, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that's Liquid IV. Go get 25% off anything you order when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code, the underscore house, underscore call, underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. We're talking the best teams in the league today on today's episode. All of them on win streaks. This is, as TLC once said, we don't want no scrubs, okay? We are talking about the best teams in the league today. We're not talking about no Rockets. We're talking about no Spurs, unfortunately. Uh, We're talking about the best teams in the league today. We got some teams that are on fire. We might as well start with the team with the best record in the NBA. That's the Boston Celtics. That's the East number one seed, the team with the best record in the league. Nine-game win streak was snapped by Orlando. First of all, Celtics fans, if you guys play Orlando in the playoffs, you're getting swept because you guys cannot beat Orlando for whatever reason. I don't know what's going on, but y'all can't beat them. Either way, the Celtics, obviously the best team in the East. You got Jalen Brown. You got Jason Tatum playing at an MVP level. Great supporting cast around their two stars. You got defense, shooting, rebounding. What else do you want from these guys, man? These, this is a this is one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. So, Nick, I'll start with you, man. Are they the clear finals favorites right now? It, it's hard to put anybody, any other team above them. I mean, they're, they're, they're their complete package. They have the best duo in, in the NBA. And out of the duo, they have, you know, a top three uh, finalist in the MVP uh, right now with Tatum. So it's going to be hard going in and stopping this team, uh, barring an injury. Yeah, I mean, they're, listen, they're, it's basically been wire to wire. They've been the best team in the East from, from the word go in the East so far this year. So, Ryan, I'll go to you on the same question, man. Like, it, are they the best team in the East? And, and, and if you have another team in there, like, who's, who's stopping them out East? Uh, I, I don't really know if I can put a team better than them in the East. I mean, we've seen the win streaks that Boston's gone on. We've seen what Jason Tatum has done this season, put up MVP caliber numbers like Nick just said, and what they've done with Jalen Brown, the Malcolm Brogdon trade, which was awfully underrated, paying off very well in some of these games here, keeping win streaks alive. And, yeah, like you said, they can't seem to get past Orlando right now. And, you know, the only thing that concerns me in Boston is, like Nick said, again, is injuries. You know, we've seen it happen before with the Celtics. We lost Robert Williams last season during the postseason. And, you know, Jalen Brown is also tending to be questionable in certain games. So, overall, they they have the best record. I think they have the best chance in the finals. And, overall, at their best, no one's beating them in a seven-game series. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, you still got some you still got some really good teams out east. You still got Milwaukee, you still got Philadelphia who's obviously he's they're on a win streak as well. They're on a five-game win streak as well. But Joe, so I'm going to ask you about this man. Like the the Celtics obviously they have one of the most complete rosters in the league and, you know, they're they're currently they're the, you know, got the best record in the NBA. But do you think the trade deadline's coming up here pretty soon, coming up on February 9th. Thursday, February 9th is the trade deadline. So, what type of moves do you think the Celtics could make or do you think they will make any moves? I mean, I think that they'd be foolish not to inquire. It's always good to inquire about somebody, especially if you're interested and you think you can run out a roster. My biggest thing is health, man. I, they're, when you don't have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown going 100%, they're exposed a little bit on the offensive side of the, of the, of the floor. And, you know, we were seeing them start the injuries to start in the mount. They're a little aging in the front and in, in the center position and the power forward position. They don't have 
like, you know, healthy guys or young guys there to back them up. Obviously the, the, the Gallinari injury hurt them with bench scoring a little bit. And I think they need somebody who has a similar size profile to Jason Tatum, who can create their own shot a little bit off the bench because they're going to need some help there. Obviously Jalen Brown, I don't know if you guys saw it. I saw it today. He's probably out uh, this next game. They're sitting him. I think Al Horford is also probably sitting that. And they just got Robert Williams back who they had missed with a hyperextension and stuff like that. Marcus Smarks on the man day to day with an ankle. Uh, Brogdon's supposed to be filling in for him, but let's be real here. Defensive, you know, just presence that they have comes from Marcus Smart. And I think the biggest problem that they have when he's not on the floor, he can only be vocal on the bench. And we've seen him lead from there. But the problem that they run into is they tend to fall into this old Celtics mentality where it gets a little ISO ball, it gets a little stagnant, and the offense isn't moving. And when they did that against the Golden State Warriors, we saw it took them until overtime just to be able to beat a team that if they were playing the way they've been playing the first half of the season, we never would have went that far. Uh, honestly, I think that if they don't get healthy and they don't get it figured out and they stop, they don't stop falling into these old tendencies, Orlando's given people the blueprint on how to beat them. They really have. And like I said, trade deadline is coming up. There are people out there that fit the kind of profile that of the guys that are in Orlando that are doing the things to the Celtics that are causing them to lose. So, you know, the problem is, is that there's a lot of teams that are one or two pieces away from being able to replicate what Orlando does to them. And at that point, Boston regresses because they obviously can't compete with athletic sides. They just don't have the pieces. And these guys, like, and you'd think they would. Robert Williams can do it. Al Horford's, uh, you know, he's kind of like older, but he's there. You know, they got Cornette, who's shown some pretty good defensive capabilities. But at the end of the day, they're getting outworked underneath by some of these more younger athletic guys. And that's going to be the problem if one of these teams like Milwaukee, like the Nets, like Philly, finds these young athletic guys they're going to give Boston problems and that sort of hurts their title chances. Yeah. I'm uh, you, you said the team that I was thinking of, listen, first of all, I have a rule when it comes to basketball. Okay. I don't trust any team that loses to the Orlando magic three times in a single season. Okay. I'm, so I'm, I'm a basic man. Okay. I'm not going to trust you if you lose to the magic three times in a single season. And by the way, a quick shout out to magic uh, magic player, Jonathan Isaac, who was a former top 10 pick. He just made his debut uh, the, Played the first game he had in two and a half years because of a torn ACL, and he tore his ACL in the bubble. So think about how long the bubble was ago, and he just came back from that two and a half years later. So he just came back. Shout out to him. But I'm still rolling with Milwaukee. I've been saying I've been saying Milwaukee all year. They've been they've been kind of slowing down because of some injuries, um, and and I'm nervous because of those injuries. Giannis has missed a couple games recently with a knee. Middleton just came back Monday versus Detroit, and he's only played eight games this year because of injury, but. The big three, the, the big three they have can all score. They can all play defense. Giannis, Middleton, Holiday. They got Brooke Lopez right now, who's averaging 15 a game, can stretch the floor, and he's got the second best odds to win defensive player of the year right now, averaging two and a half blocks per game, which is second in the NBA. You got Portis, you got Grayson Allen, you got Pat Connaughton, you got Joe Ingles, who are all versatile players who can shoot. And they have some actual championship winning experience on their team, especially from their best players. And, you know, the Celtics obviously made it to the finals last year, but they don't have the championship winning and the championship actual DNA that you know this Milwaukee team has so and we saw it last year in the you know in the Eastern Conference semis it was a seven game series there was no Middleton so obviously like you said Joe like injuries play such a big part on the NBA season so most of the time it's you know it's endurance contest you know who's the most healthy team that's going to determine who wins the finals most of the time and you know last year was last year was Golden State and you know I think I think Milwaukee has as good odds to anybody this year as anybody this year but We'll transition to a couple of teams out West who, 
listen, these are the two best teams out West right now, and they're both on long winning streaks as well. We got Denver with a nine-game winning streak that was just snapped versus Oklahoma City, even though Jokic wasn't playing. And then we got the West number two seed, which is Memphis, who had an 11-game winning streak snapped by the Lakers, as we saw on Friday night. And we had some, we had a little drama in that game that we'll get to a little bit later. But so the, I mean, they're the best two teams in the West right now. And and listen, they've separated themselves from the pack a little bit. There's right now, there's a five and a half game difference between the number one seed Denver and the three seed, which is the Kings, who we'll talk about a little bit later as well. And that's the same difference between Kings, the three seed, and the Blazers, the 13 seed. So the same difference between the one and the three is the same difference between the three and the 13. So the top has really separated themselves out West. But Ryan, I'll go to you on this one first, dude. Like, which of these two teams is better? Like, th- these are the, right now the two best records in the West. Like, which one's better? Who do you got out West? Uh, put me on the hot seat with this one. It's, it's really <laughs> tough right now. I mean, both of these teams, you look at it, whether it's the coaching, whether it's the depth, whether it's the starting five, whether it's the ability to play both effective offense and defense against top five teams in each category. I mean, and both being able to go on massive win streaks and, and win games at times where they might shouldn't have. But overall, looking at this, I, I feel like there's a clear answer, and we shouldn't overthink it too much. It's got it's got to be the Denver Nuggets right now. It's got to be the Denver Nuggets. Looking at who they have just off rip, overall, Memphis's superstar versus Denver's superstar. I'm taking Jokic over Morant any day of the week. All right, the numbers he's put up, he is he is top three in the MVP race, and he is not number three. That is a fact. And with that being said, Aaron Gordon's ability to be incorporated in the offense, as well as Jamal Murray being back and healthy and being able to propel them, I feel like Denver right now is at a point where they're looking overall unstoppable, even though they did just have a win streak snapped. But Jokic is out in this game. And, you know, that's such a big factor. And when you look at it overall in Memphis, they had all their starters. They were healthy. Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, Dylan Brooks. Everyone was there. Everyone was playing. And the Lakers overcame a massive deficit to win this game. And I don't think Memphis showed, you know, you know, playoff potential in terms of closing out games right there. You know, it scares me in a bit of a series where, okay, if Memphis is in a series with the team like Denver, or they have to meet somebody else in the West, maybe they have to meet the Kings, maybe they have to meet the Mavericks, you know, someone that can give them a run for their money. You know, Golden State, when they get hot, if they have to play them, that could be really tough. Looking at it, I just it, it worries me a bit more the win streak being snapped for Memphis than it does for Denver. So I got to put Denver higher. They have a better record. They have a better superstar. It just points all the way to the Nuggets. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I really like Denver this year. They've been I think they've been underrated because the last two years they've kind of struggled in the playoffs. But the last year and but they haven't been healthy the last two years. They've been you know, they, they've been Jamal Murray's been hurt. Porter Jr. has been hurt. Now this year they're fully healthy. The last year they were fully healthy. They made the Western Conference finals. We saw that in the bubble. So but Nick, I want to talk to you about this about this game on Friday, this this Lakers and this uh, Grizzlies game on Friday. So the Grizzlies, we Listen, before before the end of the game, we saw Shannon Sharp, who obviously is an NFL Hall of Famer and a and you know obviously is now a TV personality, and he's a beast too. He's like six three, about two hundred fifty pounds, just pure muscle, yoked, yoked and out of his just absolutely, absolutely Terry Crews, like, big bro. Dude, you, <laughs> listen, listen, you see that dude with his shirt off? Like he, like he, I don't remember what he, I think he says he's like pe- more peeled than an orange or something like that. Like he's yeah. like ripped, you know? So. He gets into a beef with Dylan Brooks, and they're going back, back and forth. Dylan Brooks tells him to tells him "fuck you." He says "fuck you" back, and you know. Then Stephen Adams gets into it. Then we see John Morant get get into it. T Morant comes out of nowhere and gets into it. So 
Nick, I want to know what your thoughts on that situation was, man. That was a pretty crazy situation in this game. Yeah, so I just think that the Grizzlies are are putting themselves in the in a situation that where the whole NBA has has a target on, on their back now. Uh, I just don't like what they're doing, uh, D- Dylan Brooks. I, I like I like the intensity that you're bringing, but I just think that you know if you're gonna if you're gonna start a fight. Be be the one who's somebody smaller. <laughs> make, some, make someone smaller, but be the one who's gonna man up and don't have Stephen Adams and T. Morant be the one trying to fight fight your fight for you. Um, I just you know the the Grizzlies are are following down that Suns path where they thought that they were good and then they start to reel and a year after the Suns being good, look at where they're at now. So they're in the bottom of the West. And I could, I could see that happening to the Grizzlies if they, if they don't be careful. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's super easy to act tough when you have the biggest, strongest Australian dude in the entire world, like backing you up and you know, you won't have to actually fight anybody. You know, that's like the, that's the classic, like, hold me back. He's also a really cool dude though. I mean, he's like a a great, good person. (laughs) No, he's a a great lot of like humanity on that team right now. And it's just like, he's a, he's a great dude. bro. Also, he's probably a, the only person dude. that could have fought Shannon Sharp and may have had a chance in that entire situation. Yeah, yeah, and and listen, the only reason only reason why I take Stephen Adams is because he's got about eight inches on him and about about fifty pounds on him, and he's thirty as opposed to Shannon, who's in his fifties. But like, listen, like Dylan That's Brooks, like you want to see it, man? I, sure, for sure. Yeah, I for sure wouldn't. I'm not. You know, if I see Shannon on the street, I'm gonna be like, oh, what's up? I'm I'm we're cool. Like, hey, everything's good. Don't they? No beef here, you know. But uh. First of all, Joe, what were your thoughts on that situation? And then give me your thoughts on the Grizzlies as well. I mean, okay, so you're playing the Lakers, right? Late, anytime the Lakers play, I don't care where they're playing, they're going to bring out some personalities. And you got to deal with it. It's like when the Knicks and you had, a, you know, anytime you go to the Knicks, the Knicks got personalities throughout the thing. We've, we've seen it happen all the time. People come out, they're on the sidelines, they're court level, they're doing all these things. You're going to get heckled, bro. And if you're having trouble and you're having problems with – dealing with that get out of professional sports all right like seriously like if you're gonna like like i've seen so many times these these professional athletes all right who are supposed to have like you know be above it all and i understand like the name calling and all this stuff and everything like that but we forget what this started over shannon sharp gave him gave him came out and said i told him he was too small to guard lebron and he told me he told me to go fuck myself so I, i told him to go fuck himself and then his entire team jumped off the bench and decided they wanted the smoke. And at the end of that statement, he goes, and they were all out of their minds because not a single one of them wanted that smoke. Don't let them lie to you. Don't let them lie. And that's God's honest truth because Shannon Sharp, you could tell just the way he was standing up there. That, that 50-some-year-old man would have roundhouse kicked every single one of those guys, <laughs> and they would have seen their past relatives. And they were like, it'd been like from, from Friday, you just got knocked the fuck out. And that's how it would have happened. All right. Like, you know, would have took your chain, would have left you there on the court and been fucking disgraceful. And uh, honestly, that's, I, I can't believe anyone wants to mess with Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp to be in his seventies. I still wouldn't want to mess with Shannon Sharp. He's Crazy. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm listen, first of all, Brooks, like Dylan Brooks is pissing me off. Like I, like what Dylan Brooks is talking, like he's, he's LeBron like he or he's talking like he's like he's actually done something in the NBA like Brooke don't get me wrong Dylan Brooks is a solid NBA player but like what all defensive what three-point shooting contest what all-star game what what have you done 
Like, I don't, I don't see it. Like, you're a good NBA player, but stop talking like you're one of the best players in the league. And he's that's, a it's, role it's player. He's, he's a role player. He's, 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 he saw what Patrick Beverly has done in the league, and he said, "Oh, I'm gonna co- let me, let me, let me t- take my notes and start, you know, copying his, copying the answers on his test." Like he's Patrick Beverly 2.0. Like he's, he's someone who thinks he's a lot better than he actually is. And, you know, Shannon, Shannon, I saw yesterday on or Monday on Undisputed, he was, he was talking, sh- he, he apologized for talking shit, and you know, he, you know, apologized for his actions on Monday. He said he took it too far and remained calm, which is understandable. But that's like, the studio telling him to save face. That's bro. no, he, Shannon, no, he, no, he had to say it. Doors don't give a fuck, man. No, he don't <laughs> like, give a shit. He don't give a shit. And and I wouldn't either. Like, listen, Dylan, like, but Brooks is acting so tough. Because he knows he's got Steven Adams. He knows he's got bro, 15 that, other teammates that are going to jump warrior, off the sideline. Bro, and John ja, ja Morant. Games until that shit gets in your face, man. And then you don't want no to doubt. smoke no more. No doubt. Listen, and John ja Morant, too. If your dad has to run off the sideline and have an altercation with the person who's talking shit to you, that's a bad look, bro. Like, you got to be able to yeah. handle your own business. And also, Team Morant, you're going to get your ass kicked by Shannon Sharp. Like, you better stay back. Like, like bro, you better, you better stay back son up and beat you with your own son. That's what's going to happen. Man. He would have yeah, grabbed, grabbed Jaw by his ankles and smoked tea with Jaw like that fast. Oh, my and God. That quick. There's, a, chop a wood, bro. there's a reason why they're, they, they call the NBA players soft nowadays in, in this era. And the, these players are kind of showing it. Absolutely. I mean, it's not the bad. We can't bad boy Pistons people no more, bro. That the, kind of stuff. The, the problem is, the problem <laughs> is, Nick. You said now. it. The problem is, Nick. You said it in the chat. They're acting like the bad boy Pistons. Though, like, why are you acting it, like yeah. that? You you haven't done anything. Like you haven't accomplished anything. You don't hard foul nobody. You just talk a bunch of shit, and then when shit gets starting to talk back to you, you start acting like bitches again. It's yeah. like, come on, man. You can't be doing all that. Like, god damn. But I mean. The, the things that they've said, it's, it seems like they just say something new and stupid every week. Like, the things Ja has said and done, like when he said, I'm fine out West. Like, when Dylan Brooks said that they were a dynasty last year before they'd even made a conference semifinals with the team that, they, the team that they'd had. Like, you're just talking out of your ass. Like, you're talking like you've done something and you haven't done anything. And then, by the way, you blow the game where you're talking all this shit to Shannon Sharp at the very end because Dennis Schroeder strips your second best player and goes in and lays it in. And by the way, the Lakers are the 12th seed out West and they're missing their second or maybe even their best player in Anthony Davis. Like, come on, man. And and now they've just lost three straight games. They just lost to Phoenix, who we've been talking about is absolutely atrocious. And then uh, Sacramento as well. So with that being said, like, Fuck the Grizzlies. Not, like the Grizzlies are pissing me off. Like, like exactly. fuck you, Memphis. Let's, let's knock Come the on. King. Let's not knock Sacramento though. All right, Sacramento. No, I'm not like, knocking the Kings. Like, like you were at, you asked Ryan, like who he thought was you know the best out west right now, and the teams I think are actually probably sleepers right now that aren't in you know the top two, top three teams. That's Sacramento and Golden State. Golden Sacramento State is healthy and they're looking good. So they're not. Are Sacramento three? I thought they were four. Sacramento's no, three. No, three. Three of the three. Well, Sacramento, they just they made 12 threes in the first quarter the other night, which is insane. All right. They're lighting the beam like hard fucking core. And I Crazy. think I, I like what they're doing there, man. I like what they're doing. Just light the beam, bro. Hit it up. Yep. All that shit. And then you got Golden State. He's healthy. Curry's back. I'm telling you right now, the teams at the top better look the fuck out, especially the Grizzlies, because Grizzlies define themselves in Suns territory like that. And listen, Joe, you just led me perfectly into my next topic, and that was going to be the Sacramento Kings. They had a six-game six game win streak that was snapped by Philly. But, I mean, listen, this team, I don't know. It's, it's Philly's really, really good. They didn't have Embiid yeah. in that game, though. So, you know, but, I mean, 
still Philly's really good. And, and we've seen Sacramento beat some of the best teams in the league this year. And I don't know if I or anyone else or like, you know, anyone even in Sacramento before the season was being like, oh, the Kings, they're going to be a top four seed. They're going to make the playoffs. Like I, the Kings weren't even on my radar. But I mean, they should be. They should have been because you look at this roster and they got a really solid roster. So, uh, or Nick, excuse me, I'll go to you first on this one, dude. Like, are you surprised the Kings are still in it? And could they make a run out West? Uh, yeah, so I, I am definitely su- surprised that they, they're the top, they're the three seed right now. And, um, but I, I don't, I don't expect them to fall off, a, fall off a cliff anytime soon. I think that they have a great offense. They have pieces that all just gel together. So whenever, whenever you have young talent like that, that, you know, it seems like it's finally clicked for some of those guys. Darren Fox is on another level right now. I just think that the, the Kings are, are, are exciting team. And whenever you have an offense like that, you, you better watch out in the playoffs because those, those teams with that type of offense can sneak up and take out, take out anybody. No doubt about it. And listen, they've, they the, the the their two stars might be the two most underrated players in the league. De'Aaron Fox, like you watch him. De'Aaron Fox is one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Like his he's improved so much in the mid range. Like he doesn't miss mid range jump shots. Like he makes every mid range jump shot, and he can obviously get to the rim whenever he wants with that speed. So, Joe, I'll go to you, man. What do you think? Like you, you were talking about it a little bit with the Kings. Like can they make a run? Like are and are you surprised that they're still in this? I mean, like you said, beginning of the year, who would have thought? I, this is the most excited I've been about a Sacramento Kings team since Jason Williams, white chocolate, was running up and down the court doing crazy Larry Bird behind the back, between the legs, off the backboard, fucking alley-oop passes and shit, all right? <laughs> like, this is an insane thing we're seeing right now, and they're absolutely coming out of nowhere. And I think half the thing that is doing this for them is that no one thought they could. No one looked at that team, and, and they're like, they're going to be a bottom of, the, bottom of the league team. They're not making the playoffs. If they do their first exit, but that's not even going to happen. That's a pipe dream. These guys could be a number, could be two, maybe even one, depending on how well they play down the stretch. And like I said, they just hit 12 threes in, in, in the first quarter. If they're shooting like that and they're doing that things and De'Aaron Fox is doing the things you said he's doing and these guys are just going out there, leaving it all on the floor day in, day out, yeah, yeah, they're dangerous. Yeah, they can make a run. I mean, uh, do I see a final strip? Uh, probably not, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't pull something out of their ass. Key injuries and stuff, man, if they stay healthy. I mean, I, I think that, you know, the Nuggets have proven that they are, they're they're a regular season team most of the time. I think the, the Grizzlies have shown that in clutch situations against teams that can make clutch shots, they're mediocre. They can't close. They can't clinch. And then, like I said, you got Golden State's healthy. But the rest of the the rest of the West is is middling at best. So I mean, do I think the Kings can make a run and be legit, you know, West contenders? I mean, it's a possibility. I hell, I, I might just go buy myself a Jason Williams jersey and, and throw it on for the rest of the brick house because I'm on the train, bro. Move to and move into Sacramento. I'll move to Sacramento. Let's do this shit, shit man. Let's hit the let's go let's to go. Sacramento, bro. It's like the beam. It's like <laughs> the be beam. The I want to be like fifty be lighting the... the beam, bro. I mean, that might be the first time anyone's ever said, let's go to Sacramento like a vacation or anything like that. But Ryan, man, same question to you. What do you think about the Kings? Oh, man, I fucking love the Kings. Okay, so I'm going to make a take and I want you guys to, you know, put put your input on it because I know we're all NFL guys here as well. So I feel the same way about the Sacramento Kings this season, the same way I felt about the Detroit Lions this season. I just love to see them win. The fan base is excellent. 
they make an underrated trade. So, for example, Jamal Williams coming in and having 17 rushing touchdowns. And now you have Sabonis coming in and averaging 18 points and 10 rebounds a game, helping propel them to a standing. And then you have the fact that they smoked the shit out of the Grizzlies earlier this season by 33 points. So, damn, I love these Kings. They have pieces all over the place, especially role players who know how to role play. And we see teams like that who play team-oriented basketball. Those are the teams that can actually make long runs in the playoffs. And again, like Joe said, with key injuries in the West, it's very possible they could make a sneaky run to the finals. If I'm making a dark horse pick, it's the Sacramento Kings. And I, mm. I don't know how much of a dark horse it can be if it's the three seed. I mean, they've proven themselves so much this season, more than I would say the two seed has. And at times, more than I would say Denver has, just because of the roster versus roster comparison. Stop making that face. Games. Stop reaching oh, your well. nose to the things me and Ryan are saying, Matt. These are true facts here, bro. Big you can't facts. handle okay. the heat. Get out of the kitchen, all right? Okay, okay, okay. Think about them again. Lions, Kings, I, I just, you just you want to root for them. And they're, they're lovable teams. They got the, you know, light the beam. It's fantastic. So I, I want to see them succeed. And I truly believe that they can take a very NBA Finals. Yeah, listen, I, I, don't get me confused for a Kings hater. I like the Kings, but let's just, okay, let's just pump the, you're, you're going about 90 miles an hour in a 55 right now. Just pump the brakes just a little okay. bit. You're going to get pulled Bro, over. We're outside of Nashville. Everyone does 95 in a 55, all right? We don't follow <laughs> the Florida, baby. North, North, South, Florida, no one gives it. a shit, bro. Straight roads, four lanes, who gives a shit? Either way, pump the brakes a little bit, okay? We, listen, the Kings haven't made the playoffs in 15 years. Okay, so let's just pump. Let's just make Lions sure they get into make the, the playoffs in what? Fifteen years, and, and they still haven't. Okay, they still haven't. So yeah, let's. Well, but, hey, hey, I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. The Kings are making the playoffs this year. Yeah, they're going to yeah, play. No, no, no. They're going to have home court for a series. Oh yeah, sure, yeah. They're, they're and I agree. I agree with in. all that. I agree with all that. And as far as being surprised by the Kings, as for you know what they did this season, you know preseason i'm obviously surprised but i shouldn't be i mean listen they just blasted memphis on monday by 33 even there was no jaw even though there was no jaw sacks got like i said earlier they got two of the most underrated players in the league both fox and sabonis fox is averaging 24 6 and 4 on 54 percent or on 50 percent shooting like i said he can get to the basket whenever he wants and that mid-range game is smooth and sabonis is like a mini Jokic. like he has he's probably the second best passing big in the league he's averaging close to 19 points a game 12 and a half boards and seven assists on 61 percent shooting as well so Sabonis is a beast and he's super super strong on the inside you got like like Ryan was saying you got really solid role players with Harrison Barnes who's got some championship experience you got Kevin Herter you got Malik Monk you got Keegan Murray who's that top five pick that they had this year um, Underrated. yeah it, it, he's he's a really solid young player as well who can play some good defense um, but all those, the, the four that I mentioned can all shoot above 39% from three, uh, averaging 12 plus points per game. And they've got the best offense in the league right now. Earlier, earlier in the season, we were talking about how Boston was running away with the best offense in the year right now. Sacramento's got the best. They're averaging 120 points per game, which is two more points per game than Boston. Who's at the second most right now. So Sacramento is legit. The only problem they have is they don't play defense. They're bottom 10 in the league in defense and they don't rebound. They're bottom five in the league in rebound. 
Yeah, you ain't got to rebound if everything's going in, bro. You ain't got to play defense if you're out scoring people you, by 40. Who cares, you, man? You got to play. <laughs> listen, listen. All of us have watched playoff basketball. You have to play defense. You have to rebound in the playoffs because people, the the foul, the little ticky tack foul calls, they don't call them as much in the playoffs. It's those are where real dogs, real dogs go to eat in the playoffs. That's where you go for the playoffs, and that's where Sacramento doesn't have that experience. They have very little playoff experience on their roster outside of really Harrison Barnes and. Harrison Barnes only really knows about bricking a bunch of shots in that 2016 finals when the Cavaliers came back against the Warriors. So um, that's that's the reason why I – yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably – that's exactly why he's in Sacramento because they knew they could go get KD. But uh, all of that is the reason why I don't think Sacramento makes it out of the first round this year. It'll depend on matchups. Um, but I think I, – I still think there are really uh, – but the, the future is what's exciting about Sacramento. Like, they can they, – they, all their players are young. All their, all their good young players are young, and they're going to be able to go forward here into the future. But we'll transition. Like I said, we're not talking about any scrubs today. We're not talking about no scrubs. Now we're going to talk about the MVP debate because, in my opinion, it's down to three. We got three main names left in this MVP discussion. One of them is Nikola Jokic, which we've already talked about. One of them is Jason Tatum, which we already talked about. And one of them is Luka Doncic, which we've talked about on previous episodes, which Luka's putting up incredible numbers. But, Joe, I'll go to you first, man. Who's the MVP right now? Who is it? Jokic. It's Jokic right now. I mean, I the things he's doing as a big, it's 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 rarefied air, all right? Like you, like he's he plays the point, you know, the the point center, center for, center guard, whatever you want to call him. And he brings he brings the damn ball up the court. He's got a he's probably one of the best passers. This time, even say for a center, just in the league, the guy can see a lane like he's a point guard and been doing it his whole life. All right, he handles the ball well, he shoots well, he rebounds well. And in all honesty, there I have not seen a team who is made or broken by the by such a player's performance all right because denver solely relies on him being on the floor and being available all right if he's not out there they're not the same team all right you can kind of say that for like maybe Giannis and in, in in milwaukee or you know you know tatum or brown and boston or indeed you know you know lebron back in the day those those guys kind of do the same thing but they're all, you know, small forwards, guards. To say, or outside of Embiid, like, that's insane to think that a center is that good. And I like what Luca's doing. Don't get me wrong. I love what Luca's doing. All right. Luca is probably one of the best all around players in the league right now. You know, he passes, you know, he, he shoots well, you know, stores, scores tons of points, rebounds well, all these things. Right. But I just feel like, without the way that the rest of the team plays, it's going to be, it's going to be Jokic because yeah. they're just a better team and better teams with a better player get MVPs. Yeah. Truth. And it's, I mean, listen, we, it's, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be the most valuable singular player, you know, and, and record isn't supposed to come into effect, but like, listen, there's only five guys on the court. In, in basketball at a given time. So the player who has the most value in the league is going to lead to wins for the most part, you know? So the fact that they're the number one seed in the West, I, I have a hard time arguing with you, Ryan, I'm going to go to you, man. Who's the, first of all, who's the MVP right now? But second of all, can, do you see any other players getting into that mix? Could a Giannis jump into that mix? Could a, you know, if the, say the Lakers make a run, could a LeBron jump into that mix? Could a John Morant jump into that mix? Who do you think? 
Ooh, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off a little hot, and then I'll make my honorable mention here. I personally have Luca as my number one MVP right now, and I'll I'll make my case here in a second. But first, I would like to make my honorable mention because I feel like he needs to be talked about a little bit more. And this again might be a dark horse pick, but if I were to pick anyone, it's got to be Shy Gilgis Alexander as my honorable mention in terms of a most valuable player. I look at it from the aspect of how valuable are you to your team? How valuable are you to your success of your team? And how valuable have you proven yourself in this regular season, etc. So with that being said, Shigos Alexander steadily being top tier in the points category, outscoring both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in 11 less games playing lights out for the Thunder and taking a team that's in a rebuild mode and with plenty full of injuries to a contending spot for the play-in or even the 7 or 8 seed, can they get on a nice streak? And I think Shy is a big, big reason to play for that. I think if you look at the rest of the team, Shy is the outshining superstar. No pun intended. But you know what I mean? I got to give him my credit. But regardless, shout out Shy. Let's talk about Luka Doncic for a second. Luka has done some of the most miraculous things this season in an NBA season by any alone player. May I remind you of the five-game span in which he was the only player in NBA history to score 225-plus points, 50-plus rebounds, and 55-plus assists. Ever. <laughs> okay, how about the 60-point, 20-rebound game with 10 assists? That's a triple-double. He's averaging 33.6 points, 8.9 rebounds, 8.7 assists, and 1.5 steals, which are all team leading in the stat categories. The Dallas Mavericks are 0-6 when Luka does not play. I rest my case. That man is the MVP. That man is younger than Jokic and is doing a lot more for his team. If you look at the rosters, the help that each of them have. Christian Wood, great, but Dallas moves him off the bench here and there. You have Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith. Jalen Brunson got traded to the Knicks. There goes some of your help. Spencer Dinwiddie is not really consistent with his offense or really his defense. Reggie Bullock, hit or miss with his three balls. He's either on or off. And then you look at Denver, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., you know, you look at the depth of their bench, especially the coaching, too. Dallas just made a coaching change this last season. I'm giving it to Luka without a doubt. Jokic is number two. Don't get me wrong. He's also doing miraculous things. But Luka has taken over as the face of the league for now, and I stand by that. His MVP should be coming to him by the end of this season. Joe, you look like you're, you're, you're wanting to jump in and respond. You go for it, bro. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you here. I love all, everything you said, Ryan. You know, four games here, six games there. It's an 82-game season, bro. Who gives a shit what he does for a week? All right? We're talking consistency. We're talking about being the best at your position and being the best at your team wins. point triple-double. How is that and not And they're consistent? not winning games. We talked about this at the beginning of the year. They don't win games. I mean, they, they that's the thing. like the number Ryan, five Matt team said in the it. West, though. So how do they not he, win games? Because what did he say between four? Yeah, they're four from four to 13. It's a three and a half game spread. So they're only four and a half games better than the 13th person. But that's what I'm saying. You look at the roster of the Nuggets versus the Mavericks. It doesn't matter. 
Look at the look at the roster when when uh, Giannis won his. I mean, you can't tell me he didn't have a killer supporting cast. They don't care. They don't care. It's going to be Jokic. He's going to get it because for a center to do what he's doing, it's it's unheard of. We've seen small forwards do crazy things. We've seen shooting guards do crazy things. We've seen point guards do crazy things. We haven't seen a center do these kinds of things that Jokic is doing. I mean, Embiid kind of does it occasionally, but then he like falls off and disappears for like a month and then he pops back up and he's doing it again. Jokic just does it consistently. It's just consistently him. All right. There's a reason Giannis wins all these MVPs and all these awards because he's essentially a power forward slash center that can take off from behind the free throw line and slam a ball through your skull after it goes through after it goes through the rim. All right. (laughs) Jokic passes the ball like he's a point guard. He shoots like he's a small forward and he rebounds, does everything else like he's a damn center, which he is. Okay. And he does it week in and week out and they win because of him. That's why Jokic is an MVP, because he does it every single game. Yeah, listen, I Ryan, I really like your argument. Don't get me wrong. I uh, and 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 Luka Doncic is absolutely incredible. I love me some Luka Doncic. He's like you said, the the numbers that, that he put up in those stretches and that sixty twenty ten triple double. That game was incredible. We talked about it. Incredible. Oh, yeah. Like you can't you yeah. can't you can't say enough about how good Luka Doncic is, but. At the same time, they are the five seed in the West, but they're 25 and 23. So the, I, I was talking about it earlier, how jumbled up that bottom of the Western Conference is. They're, they're like two games from being in the play-in or two games of being outside of the play-in. So they could go on a five-game losing streak and then they're out of the playoffs. You know, So he, they're, they're not winning at the clip that they should be winning at. Last year with a very similar roster, this team was 52 and 30, and they were the four seed in the West. So right now they're not winning nearly at that clip right now, even though Luka... Luca, he's playing better this year than he was last year. He's averaging about five points more per game, and he's a little more efficient doing it. But the, team the rebound regressed. numbers are, yeah. <laughs> the, but the team, the, the team has regressed. The defense isn't there for Dallas. And listen, that it's he's 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 just he's awesome. But the, it, he's not winning games. He's just not winning games. And Nikola Jokic, on the other hand, is listen, I. The, the fact that he's like the MVP favorite right now, and I think he's even getting slept on a little bit, is is pretty crazy because right now he's the number like he's the number one team in the West with a supporting cast that you, I mean you were talking about Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. Ryan those aren't like like oh my God Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> like who's like who who goes into a game scared of those guys like nobody like this dude is doing it he, don't get me wrong they're solid but like. It's it's not like a crazy supporting cast. And listen, he's he's won back to back MVPs. And and I think if he doesn't win it this year, it's because the 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 Nuggets fall off or because they you know they get a little bit of voter fatigue as far as Jokic goes because they've been so used to voting for him the last couple of years they want to vote for somebody else. But I mean, he's averaging a twenty five point triple double right now on sixty percent shooting. Like, and he's on the number one team in the West. Like, how can you not vote for that guy? And Luka Doncic makes it tough, but, like, he's got to be the option. Like you said, Luka's averaging close to 34-9-9 and a game. His his scoring is second in the league. His assists are fourth in the league. But Jokic is averaging a few less points. He's averaging more assists, and he's on a way better team. He's averaging more rebounds. Like, 
the the and like I said earlier, like it has to matter the record. There's only five guys on the court, so one player makes so much more of a difference than say the NFL where it's eleven players or MLB where it's nine players. Like it makes so much more of a difference. And I want to give a shout out to Tatum as well because he's averaging thirty one a game on the best team in the league. So we got to give Jason Tatum, you know, his 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 little bit of recognition as well. But I mean, it's got to be Jokic. He's got he's got you know a, a better field goal percentage, more rebounds, more assists. He's on the best team in the league. And I don't think, listen, we were talking about it with the Kings earlier. Like, I don't think any anyone was predicting Denver was going to be the one seed out West. Like, no one, I, I didn't hear that before the year. I heard a lot of Golden State. I heard a lot of Memphis. But I, I didn't hear a lot of Denver before the year, you know. So, they're overperforming expectations. And hope, I'm, I'm just hoping the voters don't get voter fatigue for this dude. Because this dude is, like, he he, he deserves it. For the, I, I wouldn't have voted for him last year. I would have had Giannis last year. I don't remember who I would have had the year before that. But I think he deserves it this year. I, I I really, really do. And obviously, there's still a lot of games to play. You know, we still got 35 games or so left in the season. So that's a little less than half for the season. But, I mean, this dude's – you got to give him his credit. He's He's been one of the best players in the league this year. He's probably been the best player in the league this year, and he's on the best team. So – but that's going to do it for us today on the House Call Podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. Again, shout out to our sponsor, and that's Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. I know it's super hot here in Maui. I'm going to get off right now. I got all the windows closed, the fans going, but I'm sweating my balls off here in Maui. I'm going to get me some Liquid (laughs) IV right after this. Uh, We're also sponsored by StubHub. No matter the event, StubHub has the tickets for you. StubHub Sports, concert tickets, theater tickets. You can get them for as low as $6. Shout out to Joe for getting us that sponsorship, my man. Uh, We also, if you're a fan of sports or if you have a sports fan in your life, then you got a good sport memorabilia site to get your merchandise. That's sportsmemorabilia.com. It's the one-stop shop to get all your authentic sporting merchandise. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We appreciate all your feedback. Tell us what we got right. Tell us what we got wrong. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms at The House Call Podcast, Instagram, TikTok. We got YouTube. We got Spotify. We got everything, man. We got it all covered. We got Twitter as well. And go get our merch as well. Go get our merch on uh, www.thehousecall.com. We got a bunch of merch up there. You can go meet the crew on our website as well. We got our blogs up. We just posted a couple new blogs today as well on our website. Go check that all out. And we'll catch you guys later. Peace. We had a very big trade recently. Very recently. And this one involves the Twins and the Miami Marlins. 